Welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Lappin, and this is the place where we talk all things lash and beauty business related. Hello and welcome back to the show. And this is a little bit of a milestone episode. Episode 50. What the hell? Uh, I can't believe we're up to episode 50. I totally missed this podcast birthday a couple of months ago, but here we are at episode 50. So I'll have a little, uh, you know, party for myself. Maybe tonight I'll have two margaritas instead of one. (laughs) Or maybe I'll have a few more. Recording episode 50 of the Lash Business Lounge. So uh, if you are listening to this and you're able to, please, you know, screenshot your iPhone or your Samsung screen or whatever and tag me in it and, you know, maybe put one of those GIFs. Now, I never know whether the pronunciation for GIF is GIF. Um, I hear people say GIF and I have a little chuckle to myself. I always thought it was GIF because it's G-I-F. But, you know, one of those little moving graphics um, that you can add to your Instagram stories, Um, maybe like with a little party hat on or, you know, a cake with some candles on it or something. Episode 50 of the Lash Business Lounge. What a milestone. I am proud of myself because I have stuck to recording content every few weeks for this podcast. And I think a lot of that goes into kind of having a little bit of an accountability partner here. I do have a producer for my podcast, uh, amazing guy, Josh Liston from Dead Set Podcasting. You know, this guy's texting me, when are we recording next, Lauren? And I'm like, oh, I'm too busy. I can't do this. But okay, yep, I'm coming around, Josh. I'm going to record today. So yeah, I, you know, I talk a lot about accountability in this podcast and to my coaching clients and having an accountability partner to keep you on track with your goals and, you know, achieving the things that you want to achieve in your life and your business is a bit of a game changer. And I think that if I had have set out to record this podcast on my own, uh, recording at home and editing myself and, you know, putting the episodes out there in the world myself, I don't think I would have got this far. So thank you, Josh. Thank you so much. Here's to episode 50. Cheers. Okay. So I am going to get into the topic now. And you've probably read the title of this episode, this is something that really grinds my gears and, you know, I get a little bit cranky with people when I see them doing this because, you know, when they are trying to be the best at whatever it is they're trying to do, which is totally fine. I get it. I want to be the best as well. I'm super competitive. It's probably why I've done reasonably well in my businesses. I'm very competitive against myself though, not so much others, but yeah, trying to be the best will hold you back, especially if you are trying to grow your salon business. And basically being the best keeps you stuck on the tools and seeing clients for longer. Because if you're the best, if you build yourself up to be the best, you know, you go to trainings and you sit there and you, you know, practice and you're doing all the clients and you're really fast because you're doing clients 24-7. And you know, you're really good at what you do, you don't have as much time to develop your team and you don't have as much time to grow your business. You're going to be working in your business as opposed to working on it. And that's really counterproductive to growth. 
So, so many people come to me and they're like, oh, I want to I, I want to do this and I want to do that and I feel like I can, you know, get a better website or I can have a better, more streamlined process for, you know, new client onboarding or I can have a better process for, you know, this system that we use in, in the business or I want to change booking systems or I want to, you know, do a, a refit of my salon space or whatever. But the thing is, if you are doing clients all the time, you're not going to have time to do that. So, you know, typically what I see is salon owners that invest their money and their time into expensive training courses that enables them to become better at their skill, which is great. But if you are putting aside money or you're getting excited or you, you know, you want to do this famous trainers training that's coming to Australia or coming to your town or whatever, I believe that you should be using that capital to improve your team skills because you want your team to look after your clients for you. And for years, I wanted to be the best. I have spent tens of thousands of dollars on training for myself because I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm I'm going to be so good at fanning lashes and I'm going to learn this layering method and I am going to learn this different weird styling that everyone's doing in Europe or, you know, et cetera. You get my point. But I wanted to be the best and, you know, I also entered competitions as well, which if you're a long-time listener of this podcast, you will um, know my stance on entering competitions, but I believe it's a gigantic waste of time. But yeah, I, I entered competitions, you know, I, I won some, I placed in a few, uh, which is all great, but you know, that didn't earn me any money or it didn't really necessarily get me any more clients or anything like that. So little bit of a waste of time. But, you know, I wanted to be known as the best. I wanted to be the best at lashes in Aubrey Wodonga. And for a long time, I was. I'll say it. I was. I'm not anymore, though. I don't do lashes very much anymore. I only work six hours a week in my salon and, you know, maybe only three hours or four hours of that six is doing lashes. You know, I'm doing brows for the rest of that. And I... I'm definitely not the best and that's fine with me. That's okay. I still make a lot of money. My business is very successful. There are people on my team that are better at lashes than me and I am proud of that fact now. You know, me five years ago wouldn't have been okay with that. I would have been very jealous and, you know, concerned that those team members were going to go off and start their own business and steal my all, all my clients and stuff like that. But now I am happy uh, that I've developed these young ladies into amazing, amazing, amazing service providers and that they are still continuing to service my clients from years ago and those clients are happy. And if they go start their own business with a skill that I've taught them or developed with them, so be it. You know, if clients follow them, so be it. There's always more clients waiting to come and take their place. And being okay with that is definitely part of, you know, my business journey as well. But I wanted to be the best. I was very ego driven and it didn't serve me well because when you want to be the best, 
your ego is telling you that nobody else can do anything as, as good as you. So nobody on your team can look after your clients or their clients even as well as you could. So then what happens is you start to, you know, you hold on to control. You don't want them to work extra and do those couple of clients where, you know, you really have something to attend with your family and you might need to take a couple of hours off, but you really have a big problem with moving those clients over into your team members column because you're concerned that they can't do as good a job as you. Now, I know you're sitting there going, I am guilty of this. Um, <laughs> I certainly was. Uh, a lot of people say to me, you know, when they start um, hiring and building their teams, but how do I get them booked out? And I'm like, well, you make yourself, yourself less available and then more available. It's pretty black and white, but they're like, no, 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 Lauren, there's a whole lot of grey in there. Like I can't just make myself less available and start moving clients over. The reality is you can. It's just your mindset and, you know, your ego telling you that you're the best. Nobody else can look after your clients as well as you can. But in reality, they really can. Anybody can look after your clients as well as you can. And, you know, even if they can't, like, say, for example, if we're talking about lash extensions here, if they're not quite as fast as you or they don't make as pretty fans as you, there could be something else that that client really values in your team member. So it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. If that client builds a relationship with your team member and the, the work is still of a good level, you know, similar to yours, they're going to stick around. They're not going to leave. As long as you instill the same values around, you know, client care and the client experience and obviously the level of expectation that, you know, of the actual workmanship that they're providing, you know, there's really no reason for that client to be unhappy. Yes, I know some clients will always want you. I still have clients to this day that don't want to go with any of my team members, it doesn't matter who they are or whatever. They just, I don't know, they're super picky and all they want is me. Most of those clients, though, are happy to go with my team if I'm away on holidays or I have to take a day off last minute or something like that. I, I actually never do that, but um, <laughs> I, I am that person that will almost need to be dying before I call in sick. But I, you know, if I'm on holidays or I have to attend an industry event or something like that, and I'm away for a few days, most of my clients will go in with uh, one of my team members, but they know that they're coming back to me when I'm back and they're okay with that. Uh, they know that they're not getting um, shifted off to someone for good. But, you know, I actually love it when they don't come back to me. You know, previous me, the, the me that I was talking about earlier where I want, needed to feel like I was the best at everything, it would have really hurt my ego if I had have gone away on holidays and one of my clients went to a member of my team for their lashes or their brows or something and then they rebooked with them. I would have been like, oh, my God, she likes her better than me. What have I done wrong? What did they do different to me? I need to find out. And I'd just start overthinking the whole thing. And, you know, it it was really silly. Now, <laughs> you know, I love it because I'm like, yes, that's one less client that, is relying on me to be there. 
present in the salon to do their services. You know, they're obviously happy with this other team member that I've trained up from scratch. And I'm proud of the fact that I've done that and I've developed them into the person that they are and that, you know, with the skill set that they have, that they can look after that client really, really well. And I am ecstatic that it's one less client that is reliant upon me to be there to meet their needs in the salon. So, it's a little win and I, I I really have reframed my thinking around this over the years. It has taken a long time, but I really do want you to know that, you know, wanting to be the best is your ego speaking. Being afraid of developing your team into people that are better than you at whatever service it is you, you provide, it's okay. You know, they're not going to run off and steal all your clients. And if they do, so be it. Your business will not burn to the ground. You know, I've had it happen to me. I've developed many people over the years and they've gone and worked on their own and they've taken clients, but usually it's only a handful because they're one person. They can't service your entire salon client load anyway. So your business will not burn to the ground. It's okay if someone else is better than you because yay, less clients for you means more time to work on your business and actually grow it. So what I did when I flipped my thinking, when I flipped my mindset around wanting to be the best at lashes was I just wanted clients to stop wanting me. (laughs) So I I was burnt out. I was overworked. I was doing too much and I couldn't run my business effectively. So, you know, when I had this epiphany, What I did was I started reducing my hours. So I made myself less available and made my team more available. So people actually didn't even have the option to rebook back with me. And yes, this was a slow process. I think I did it half a day at a time. Actually, no, the first first time I reduced my hours, I reduced by one day. I just ripped the Band-Aid off. I... I was getting too overwhelmed with trying to decide which day or which half day or which morning or which night it was going to be that I was going to cut. And then I just went, no, I'm procrastinating on this. I'm taking too long to decide. I'm just going to cut one whole day. And so I cut Wednesdays. And purely just because I think that was our, like compared to Thursday, Friday and Saturday in the salon, uh, Wednesday was quieter. And I think I only worked nine till six or something like that instead of nine till eight. (laughs) So I cut my Wednesday and all my Wednesday clients then, they learned that they had to start booking months in advance if they wanted to get in with me or they had to go with somebody else in the interim. And it was fine. The world didn't come crashing down. My business didn't get burned to the ground. My staff survived without me. I had a little bit of breathing space. uh, So I could actually start to catch up on that pesky admin work. And and here I started to start building out my um, policies and procedures for my business. So I had a little bit of room and I had a little bit more room to spend with my son, who at the time, I think it was, in, he was in his last year of preschool. So he was not at big school yet. So I had a little bit of time before he went to school to spend with him, which was nice. I also stopped investing in high ticket lash training and brow training. I used to do at least two trainings a year. 
every famous trainer that came out here, I had to go. I have even traveled internationally to train with famous or Insta-famous, not really famous, but Insta-famous lash artists in the USA. And, you know, it was great. I loved it. I love doing training. I love getting better at something. I love learning new things, but it wasn't doing me any favors. First of all, I was spending a lot of money doing this high ticket training. I did one-on-one training with someone in the USA uh, for a day. And I think it was about three or $4,000 for one day. And she didn't teach me anything I didn't already know. Let me tell you, uh, everything I learned at that training was things that I already knew. And also she only had one method of fanning volume lashes. So, and it wasn't the method that I used and I could make fans that were just as pretty doing it the way I normally did it. So, you know, I persevered for the day, but it wasn't a skill that I actually brought back with me and, you know, implemented in my business. You know, so it was money wasted. I I had a fantastic trip. Don't get me wrong. Nice little tax deductible trip. But, you know, it, it just wasn't worthwhile, especially when, you know, you are trying to reduce and grow your team. And yeah, I, I stopped investing in those types of skill-based trainings and I allocated that budget towards investing in business coaching and business courses and marketing courses because I wanted to become a better leader. I wanted to become a better business owner. I wanted to maximize my profit and grow my team. And I, you know, I sort of had a little bit of an idea how to do that, but, you know, it wasn't something that I learned at beauty school and it wasn't something that I learned you know, at school even, I wish now that I had have done business studies, although I've had people tell me that it probably wouldn't have even helped me. But um, <laughs> that point aside, you know, like I I didn't really have any business, business growth experience. I'd just really been um, winging it up till that point. So, I decided to start investing in mentors, coaches and courses that were going to help me build and grow my business rather than my technical skill set, which was already, let's face it, it was already good. I'd won awards. I don't, I don't know why I felt I needed to keep improving. Like, and I, look, I always want to improve, but, you know, I was earning good money. I was fully booked. You know, I had mentored a few girls on my team and they were fully booked, you know, so I was doing something right. I didn't need my skills with lash extensions to improve any more than they really were because, you know, our prices were already quite high. I really probably couldn't raise them too much more at the time without pricing myself completely out of the local market. So, yeah, I really realised it was dead money. I was just doing it to serve my ego and wanting to be the best and the most experienced and the most skilled and have the most certificates up on the wall. But it wasn't serving me or my business. So, invested money in growth, into mentors, into coaches, and it's really paid off over the last few years. I also stopped promoting myself on my salon social media. And this was something that was a little bit difficult for me to do, or my ego um, found it hard for me to do, because I loved that, you know, that dopamine hit of the likes and the comments, you know, you post a beautiful set of lashes or brows or or a lash lift or something that you've done and, you know, it gets over and above more likes than, you know, your team's work or, what, or the other salon down the road or, or whatever. And, 
side note, this was back when just posting beautiful photos of your lashes really worked to get clients. It doesn't really work anymore. We're all, we're pointing at words and dancing in reels and stuff now. So, you know, it, social media marketing has really changed over the last few years, but uh, I stopped posting my work. Uh, if you ever look at my salon uh, social media account, you will see very quickly that I only promote my team because I'm not looking to get new clients. I want clients for my team members. Uh, so if there's ever a really nice photo of lashes that, or a video or a reel or something that doesn't have who did it, it's probably my work. <laughs> but yeah, it didn't serve me anymore because, you know, if every third or fourth you know, post on your social media account is your own work and you have a couple of really great talented girls working for you on your team and you're not promoting them, guess who's going to be getting all the new client inquiries? It still happens now. I have people that come into the salon and they've screenshot a photo and they're like, I want whoever did these to do my lashes. And, you know, Sarah's got to be the bearer of Brad news and say, oh, um, actually, like, Sometimes we'll tell, like, I've actually told a white lie when this has happened. Um, you know, someone's come in and been like, I want this person to do my full set. Who did it? And I'm like, oh, that person's not with us anymore. She moved away, but it was me. <laughs> it was me that did those lashes. Um, but, yeah, I just had no room to fit any new clients in. So I just want to build my team's clientele. I very rarely cover sick days as well for this reason because unless it's absolutely necessary. But really, you know, if I go in to pick up the pieces when someone's sick, usually the client, I'll see the client and, you know, I do what I do and I am still good at lashes. I am good at brows. I am good at talking to people. I'm good at making people feel cared for, important while they're in my salon. So the the experience is great and they want to keep booking back with me. So if I ever see anyone's client, I do kind of make it pretty clear from the beginning that this is a once-off. Um, I'm covering the shift because they're sick or they had to have the day off last minute or, or whatever. And I let them know. I usually don't tell them I'm the owner because as soon as you say I'm the owner, people just want, they, they think that the owner's the best. They want, they want to book back in with them. So I, I play it on the, on the DL. I, I keep it on the down low. My bed in the salon's over, like in the far corner. Um, so <laughs> I just, I just don't want to be out there, and I don't want people to really think that they can keep booking back in with me. So, you know, I don't, I don't promote myself at all. You know, I'll be in team photos and things like that. Occasionally, I might be in stories, but I don't want people to associate me with my salon anymore. I would rather them, you know, speak about the salon name and my team that work at the salon for me, um, you know, if they're telling other people, you know, where they got their lashes done or where they got their brows done because it really doesn't serve me anymore to be on the tools any more than what I'm doing currently in my salon. And, you know, this might this might sound really scary to you, you know, like giving up control and, you know, not listening to your ego, wanting to be the best anymore, reducing your hours down, but I can tell you doing all of this has only served me in the best way. My business has literally doubled in size and profit and I'm working less. You know, I have been able to set up systems in my business 
since I've been working less on the tools so that new team members that come on board can get up and running a lot faster. I've handed over control to other people on my team so I can hand the training process over to them and they can be responsible for it. You know, I'm not there every single morning and every single night anymore opening and locking the salon at the end of the day because I've handed over keys and alarm codes and things like that to my team members and I trust them to do the right thing. And, you know, I've put processes in place so that they feel comfortable doing all of these things that do have a higher level of responsibility attached to them. So, you know, when you're in your business all the time and you're doing everything because you're a control freak and you want to be the best and you want to be seen as the hardest working, and all of that sort of stuff that goes in with wanting to be the best, your team sort of do less and less. They, they don't assume as much responsibility as if you actually put systems and processes in place and hand the work over to them. So I feel like this could be a completely different topic and maybe I'll make a note, you know, to speak about this in an upcoming episode, um, you know, actually handing over control to your team and feeling okay with that. But yeah, letting go of your ego, not wanting to be the best anymore. It's only going to do you good, especially if you do have big plans to grow your business. And look, if you need help with any of this, if you need coaching, if you need someone to hold your hand while you're going through this process of, you know, salon business growth, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I do offer private coaching sessions over Zoom. So no matter where you're located in the world, I can help you. Um, And I do have a couple of other online courses and business growth coaching programs. So you can send me a DM on Instagram and we can have a chat about that. But that is all I've got for you today. Episode 50, I hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you back here again next week and I'll see you all online soon.